This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett. He does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he it ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. All right, what's happening, everybody? What is going on? Episode 300 of B4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Yeah, yeah, this is episode 300. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, What was it, July or June? June or July, I think it was, you know, it was mid-season for the Yankees in 2019, I want to say, right? It was 1920. Yeah. So we're gonna be going on three years with the podcast, um, you know, pretty soon in a couple of months, in a few months. So, three hundred episodes since then, you know, we've been going at it pretty consistently too, right? Um, there was you know, the longest break we've taken was this past summer, a two month, three or two or three month layoff. But outside that, we've been sticking to our schedule, recapping every Yankees series and doing the Yankees. Uh, I'm doing the Knicks every game. Um, it used to be every two games for the Knicks, but we recently changed. We're recapping every game. But yeah, episode 300 of the show. Welcome to BD4. Thank you for tuning in as always. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate it. Don't forget if you haven't already, um, subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast, BD4. You can subscribe to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, I'm trying to think. Google Podcasts. Many other listening platforms. Anchor, our sponsor. Stitcher. You know, the usual listening platforms. Make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast on there. Download it. Share the link with your friends. <laughs> and also, if you want to watch the podcast, you can watch the video format of this podcast on YouTube. So the full episodes are also on YouTube if you want to watch the video format of BD4. Guys, you can also follow me on social media. Um, if you're an active user on Facebook... You can find me at RJ Carbone. And if you are an active user on Instagram, my handle is at Rob J Carbone. It's funny because (laughs) it follows like the narrative. Um, Most of the people I interact with on my Facebook page are of the older generation. And then those who, who follow around my page on Instagram are from the younger generation. <laughs> but, you know, that, that kind of follows that that stereotype. But, yeah, I'm on social media. Follow me there on social media. 
And if you want to subscribe to the podcast on the many platforms I just read out to you, be sure to do that too. All right, share it, all that stuff. Episode 300 of the podcast, episode 300 of BD4. All right, let's head to break. When we get back, we'll get right into things, guys. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch the podcast on YouTube are actually subscribed. So make sure the next time you go to BD4 on YouTube, if you feel like subscribing, do it. This way, it'll help the channel grow, reach out to more audiences, more Knicks fans out there, more Yankees fans out there, MMA fans, sports fans in general. Just whenever you watch BD4 on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to help us grow. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All right, so the New York Knicks, um, 11th place in the Eastern Conference, 8.5 back overall, but closer to a playoff spot than uh, than you would think, you know, for, for, for a team who is 18 and 20 and still trying to find a consistent rhythm. Um, then they bounce back after losing two straight, the final two of the road trip. They head back home to Madison Square Garden take on the hated Pacers. Um, and thankfully, this game was not nationally televised. I actually got confused. I was talking to my buddy about, you know, I knew the Knicks were on TNT this week. That's going to be the Celtics game tomorrow. Um, tomorrow meaning today as you are listening and as I am recording. Um, it's January 5th on a Wednesday. But Thursday night, the 6th, um, they'll be on TNT against the Pacers, uh, against the Celtics. Hopefully, you know, we don't get Miller. Because if we get Reggie again on the telecast, I'm going to flip out. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been a nightmare if you had Knicks Pacers and you had Reggie on TNT talking about this game. But fortunately, regardless, the Knicks did win. Um, they defeat the Pacers behind RJ and Julius. 104-94 victory at the Garden. It was good to get a home win. Those don't come around much these days for some odd reason. Uh, but yeah, Randall back in the starting lineup. You had Robinson Back in the rotation, he came off the bench last night. Uh, and the Knicks pretty much had this game in control the entire way, um, other than maybe some brief stretches in that first half. Uh, really, at the end of the second quarter, there was a you know questionable stretch there by the Knicks where they let Indiana get back in it. But big efforts from the Knicks' top guys in Barrett and in Randall. Each of them score 30 points, um, and both of them also over 50% from the field. Um, off the bench, a solid effort. Robinson was quality off the bench with a, a whopping eight points and eight rebounds, which, you know, to our standards, that's good for him. Uh, but he was, you know, he did play good defense if you watch the game. And the Nick defense as a unit was very sharp all night, too. Uh, they held Indiana to 94 points on 42% from the field, um, about 24% from three, and about 66% 
just on their free throws. Um, first quarter. You know how you know there there always there's always those um when you play the Knicks it's always that some random nobody who's gonna go off on you right that's what the Knicks do they they, they let these nobodies go off on them and this time the latest random nobody to go off on us it, it was this Kiefer Sykes kid uh, he pours in 22 points by the end of the night you know he's some kid who just this is his first NBA season he's a rookie he played just three games prior to this he's averaging four points on the year. Um, but he gets off to a hot start right away. Uh, he scores 12 points in the opening frame and he takes five triples on us and he hits four of them. So we can't stop him, but fortunately the Indiana Pacers couldn't stop Barrett and Barrett usually performs well against the Pacers. I remember last year he killed them, uh, but tonight or last night, rather he gets off to a hot start and keeps the pace going for the Knicks. Um, he goes six for seven for 19 first quarter points. He was doing it in all facets. And I also liked how early on in this game you had Julius Randle letting RJ cook and kind of deferring to him, which was a positive to see. Second quarter comes. RJ continues to play well, this time alongside most of the bench. Uh, He gets 24 points by halftime. You've got Emmanuel quickly checking in um, and immediately makes an impact at the top of the second quarter. He hits a three-pointer. And then not long after, I think on the very next Knicks possession, he lobs an alley-oop to Mitchell Robinson. Uh, quickly scores about seven points in the second quarter or by the end of the first half. Um, you know, Towards the end of the half, the Knicks start missing shots. And like I said, that's kind of when the Pacers jumped on it. They were missing too, but I guess just not as bad. Um, you had Sykes wrap up the end of the half with a, with a shot to give him 16 by halftime in the Pacers tie things up at 55 by intermission. Third quarter. Um, It was a back-and-forth affair for the majority of the third quarter. Not a lot of scoring, but the scoring was very even on both sides. You know, a a couple of really tough shots and tough moves in the quarter by Turner and Sabonis, um, showing some craftiness. Turner had a nice block on the other end. Sabonis got hot on the offensive end, but Julius matched him. Um, RJ had a nice third quarter as well, although he was kind of shied away from, which we'll get to. And the Knicks enter the fourth, 84-77. <clears throat> fourth quarter comes, and the Knicks just lock it down defensively. They really turn on their defense. Uh, they did a great job on the glass in particular. RJ gets his final few points in. Uh, Randall hits a pair of big mid-range jumpers to extend the Knicks lead later on in the quarter, and the Knicks end up winning this game. So they win the game, they move to 18-20, and 20, and like I said, they are now 11th in the East, still have a shot, you know, with how wide open the East is right now. But yeah, the Knicks win, R.J. Barrett, the headliner, uh, with a team-leading or game-leading 32 points. He goes 12-20 for 20 from the field. He, uh, two for five from three-point distance. He was six for eight on three throws, eight rebounds, three assists, and a steal. He also played over 41 minutes. I liked his game. I really did. I liked his game a lot last night. Uh, who, who wouldn't? You know, he was attacking from the opening tip, getting inside most of the game, finishing at the cup, drawing contact at the cup, 
but he also mixed it in nicely too. You know, he played a nice inside-out game. There were a couple of mid-range jumpers in there, um, and the pair of three-pointers he hit were nice too. We saw him pulling up off the dribble, coming off a curl, uh, hitting a jumper that way, and, and you know, some nice offhand finishing too. You know, it wasn't just RJ finishing with his left. No, he had some good uh, some good finishes going to his right. So it was nice to see him finishing well and finishing often. You know, especially against a team like the Pacers. You know, he was going up against a a defender and you know with long arms in Holiday, and you also have to take into account that you know you had down low waiting uh, Miles Turner, the NBA's leading shot blocker, right? So considering that, it was nice to see Barrett actually finish efficiently and a lot. You know, the vol- it was a high-volume scoring game um, down low for R.J. Barrett. And like I said, Randall knew he was hot, and he wasn't just taking the majority of possessions. They actually both played really well off each other. Barrett was finding Randall several times and his teammates, and same with Randall, vice versa. Uh, we actually saw some pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop action between the two of them. Not a lot, but, you know, it's something we do need to do more. You know, run some more actions between those two. It'll make both of their games easier, you know, when they're in rhythm of the offense. And if you have Thibodeau run a few actions between those two, some pick-and-pop action, some pick-and-roll action, more often, I think the Nick offense will be a lot better than, you know, than what we, we see more times than not. RJ also rebounded well, and he defended pretty well in this game too, but my... You know, what I liked was the offense. Um, I think it was good that even with Randall, right, he was still able to score. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, what I really liked, though, was, was the energy. You know, and RJ kind of brought that up in the post game. Um, he mentioned his energy versus Toronto was pretty low, paraphrasing here. Um, but in this game, obviously, the energy level was back. He bounced back nicely. And he usually bounces back after something happens, right? If it's something. That's that's either he gets called out by Tibbs and a presser, or if he has a bad game. A lot of the times, you know, the track record probably proves it. He bounces back, though. I don't know how you measure things like that. Um, yeah, like like I said, it was good to see him remain aggressive and go for it, even with Randall back. Right? <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's you you just hope that this higher usage R.J. Barrett can continue. We we hope that you know. He can continue to do this and score at a high volume. And that's both for RJ and Tips too, right? I mean, I was listening to a show earlier, um, a podcast, and they brought up a good point. Dube was saying uh, how late fourth quarter in this game, I think it was a, it was a 93-90 to 90 game. The Knicks had a three-point lead with about five minutes to go. You had an RJ Randall pick and roll. Randall screens off Turner. Sabonis drops off the ball screen. And then RJ with the space, he pulls up and, and cans a mid-range jumper from the top of the key. And right there, it gives the Knicks a nice 95-90 lead. You know, that's a shot that RJ has struggled with. And so what they were saying on the show, I was listening to, you know, the kid just hit a clutch shot. And he did so in one of his weaker areas, the pull-up midi. So you're thinking... Doesn't he deserve to get some confidence there and we keep going to him? But no, we end up going back to Randall and, you know, we score on the next couple of possessions. So, so you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, but it just makes, you know, again, we always seem to fare away from RJ even when he's hot. And there were even some stretches in that second quarter tonight 
or that second half in the third quarter tonight, where uh, last night I keep saying tonight, last night in the third quarter, we were going possession by possession. It was Randall. It was Burks. You know, we 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 kind of shot away from RJ, RJ and iced him out. You know, and it, it's it's annoying because I'm begging. I am begging. For that for that forty piece, we still haven't gotten that forty spot yet. Every time RJ has a a, a thirty point game, I'm like, all right, this has got to be the one. This has got to be it. Can he, you know, can he finally get the forty spot? Um, but he he missed out. He got thirty two. But again, you know, between us icing him out, and yeah, that, that's what it was last night. You know, he was aggressive. He's been aggressive lately. Um. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, by that time, sure. You know, like I said, it, it's not just I'm not I'm not completely throwing the blame on Tibbs and the Knicks because at times RJ does need to be more aggressive. You know, um, but last night it was definitely annoying to see those few possessions for for a pretty good stretch in the third quarter, not include him. You know, and then late in the game he gets a clutch shot, doesn't really get any touches after that, didn't get a shot attempt, <laughs> so. You know, it was nice to see him drop 32. Uh, so he has 19, and then he goes for 26, and now he's got 32. Or is it? What was it? it? Was 26 against OKC, 19 against Toronto, and then 32 against the Pacers. Yeah, I mean it's good. Is that too much to ask? Because I want it to be more consistent. Is it too much to ask for? Your third year number three pick, right? To start averaging twenty consistently. <laughs> I mean, I know he's only twenty one years old, right? He came in the league at nineteen, but man, it'd be nice, you know, because he seemed like he was on track for that with the season he had last year, and that's the puzzling part. Like he was on his way. It looked like this was going to be the season where he dropped 20 a game. Right? But we didn't get that. We didn't get the 40 spot, and we aren't getting the 20 a game. We're getting like, what is he dropping, like 14 or 15 a night? It'd be nice to finally get him to to hit the 20 piece consistently. So if 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 he can remain to be this aggressive and... If the Knicks can feature him a lot more than they do and feature him like they have the last couple of nights, maybe we'll get it more. Maybe we will. But I'm try- I'm tired of, of you know hoping and saying, oh, maybe this is the one game because we've been saying that forever. Uh, moving on, Julius Randle. Julius had a good game last night too. Let's not forget that. I'll give him credit. Comes back. <laughs> he scores 30 points. Also 12 for 20 from the field. Two for seven from three. Four for six on the line. Um, but has 16 rebounds, four assists, and one steal. Um, it was pretty funny here because you know the minute he gets the ball, his first possession of the game, his first two possessions of the game, he coughs it up twice in a row and decides to skip a defensive rotation on the other end in the same sequence. So, you know, you're thinking, oh, here we go again. We're getting Julius Randle. You know, we're getting Randle, the guy we've been getting for 75% of this season. Here we go again. We're getting him once again tonight. Uh, but that, that that wasn't the case. You know, the other 
the good Randall showed up last night. Um, after that egregious start for him, he only turned it over once the remainder of the game, and he went off for 30 points, and he held Sabonis to 15 points. So I thought he did a nice job. Um, I thought, especially the mid-range game, I thought he did a very good, nice, a very nice job working inside out, much like R.J. Barrett did. You know, he got a few to fall uh, with some post touches in the half court and also on a few cuts across the lane. I thought Randall did nice. Uh, I thought he did a really nice job working his way out to the perimeter. And then he started hitting those long twos, those mid-range jumpers, you know. Um, that was his money shot last year, all of last season. And it was the money shot last night. It looked like 2020 all over again. It really did last night. So it was a good uh, breath of fresh air from Randall. And he also did a nice job of distributing. You know, let, let's give him credit there too. When the Pacers helped and, and threw that extra defender at Randall and they started throwing doubles at him, Randall would find open shooters. And, you know, so at one point Indiana stopped doubling. And you had Randall just going one-on-one with Sabonis. And he usually cooks Sabonis when he's in that mid-post facing up. So he was doing that. Um, <clears throat> And you also have to remember, you know, whether we get good Randall or bad Randall, one thing you're going to continuously get, you're always going to get with Randall, is his gravity as a scorer um, with his size. You know, what I mean by that is last night you saw it too, where the Pacers would sag off from the perimeter whenever Randall drove. So because he commands that respect, it helped get the other Knicks shooters open on the perimeter. So that's one thing you're always going to get. So I be sure to mention that if you're going to talk about Randall. Um, but yes, it was a nice game. Good to see. Uh, doesn't mean much to me, you know. Do do I take it as as a positive indicator like every single Knicks fan does whenever somebody has a good game? No, I'm not going to go overreact on this. Um, Could it be a turnaround for him? Sure, anything could, but I'm not going to sit here once again just because because he has a good game and, and go nuts. Because how often have we seen this year where he has one really, really good game like he did last night and then answers back with a string of really, really bad games? Right, most recently, it's been, you know, it was Christmas Day. He was really exceptional against the Hawks, and then really up to last night, he goes on a, a streak of some really bad performances. So, you know, I'm not gonna overreact. Um, it was nice to see them both play well, though RJ and Julius. Uh, but but there's a reason, you know, whenever they go off together, that excuse me, that Knicks fans always overhype it. There's a reason for that, and that's because simply. It doesn't happen often, unfortunately. You know, there's a reason for that. But it always gets noisy, right? It always gets noisy um, when those two go off together just because it doesn't happen often. So if it was a more recurring thing, if they were more consistent and and they put it together in one game more often, it would be more of a ho-hum, so what, good shit, let's move on type of thing, which is good. I'm saying that in a good way. But unfortunately, they don't play well together that often, you know, that often. Um, but you'll give him credit for last night. You just hope it. <laughs> you got to keep hoping, you know, as much as I've been hoping, as we've all been hoping and, and getting let down, um, you got to keep hoping that eventually they'll find it together. Um, Alec Burks 
let's go back to the one position. He got the start at lead guard last night. Scores 14 points, um, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. He missed all 5 of his 3-point shots, which affected the field goal percentage, but he was cooking inside the arc. Uh, he was 5 for 8 inside the arc. Um, but yeah, he got the start a point, you know, with Kemba still nursing the knees. And, um, you know, Tibbs always likes to overplay that whole size advantage thing when Burks is at the lead. So I still thought that there could have been more there uh, other than a few stretches where Burks took Sykes into the post. Um, I thought the Knicks could have done an even better job of exploiting the mismatch that Burks had. Um, and, you know, of course, he missed all five of his long-range attempts, too. But, yeah, I thought there could have been a little more from Burks there, um, given how big of a size advantage he had on Sykes. Um, moving on to shooting guard. Evan Fournier, zero points, one rebound, and one 0 for 4 in 22 minutes last night. Scored as many points as you, me, and our grandparents combined. <laughs> Listen, he's not made for New York. Uh, that's just my opinion. I, I don't think it's going to work out here. I don't see it. There's been zero indicators with him saying that he's finally going to get hot. He's just not doing anything positive right now. Um... He takes terrible shots. He passes up a lot of open shots because he's so hesitant and so much of it is in his head. On the other end, he gets picked on defensively. He might be the worst defender on the team. You know? Because Julius can at least play defense. He's a good low post defender. It's the help defense that is egregious with Julius but I mean you look at Evan Fournier he's not good defending anywhere anywhere in one-on-one in pick and roll these isos Washington Jr. is some random in the third quarter he blows right by Fournier on the right wing right by him And, and the funny thing was I didn't even budge when I saw that just because just because I'm so used to this crap from him. You know, Washington Jr., some random, another random rookie who averages seven points per game maybe um, with three or four games underneath his belt. Fortunately, that was the play that, that Thibodeau had, had enough after. He, he yanked him right after that play. Washington Jr. blows right by him on the right, on the right wing, scores an easy layup, and, and that's it. He's yanked. He's pulled. Don't see him again. Sent to the bench for the remainder of this game. Listen, I knew this guy was a bad defensive player. I knew we weren't going to get Reggie Bullock defense, and I knew we were going to get some pretty negative defense. But I did not expect this. No, I, I didn't expect it to be this bad. If I, I'm, I'm lying to you if I said I did. And it's not even that. It's not even that it looks bad because the offense isn't there to mitigate everything else. No, this is, if you actually watch these games, he's been very terrible, very incompetent on that side of the floor. 
and you just watch the guy, his body language also just tells it all sometimes. I just don't think he's made for New York City, unfortunately, because I like the guy. I've always liked him as a player. Some players just aren't for New York City. Some players just aren't. Evan Fournier, aren't. (laughs) Something has to be done here. Something does. Because I can't keep watching this. Um, and then, you know, if you, if you go up to the five, Taj Gibson got the start. He played 23 minutes. He scores four points, gives you six rebounds. It was a very Gibson-like game. Uh, the numbers don't jump out at you, but Taj did very, you know, positive, you know, made some positive contributions out there. Uh, he was making some smart rotations all night long. He did a nice job hedging to cut off the drives. Uh, he was battling on the boards. He did well. You know, he's never great, but never that bad. He's always contributing in a positive manner, as usual. And that's what Taj Gibson did last night. Um, going to the bench, you had Quinton Grimes score your three points. Uh, his defense was very again was again very strong. I'll give. I'll start with that. I thought he played really good defense. He was pressuring ball handlers into some tough shots and turnovers late in the shot clock. Um, offensively, he didn't have it just because, you know, with Emmanuel Quickly, who we're going to touch on in a bit, not playing that great of a point guard last night, and Kemba still out, and obviously Derek Rose out, Grimes didn't really have many shot opportunities. You know, he's not a guy that, at least not yet, creates his own shot that often he's got the quick uh quick and high catch and shoot release working for him um so you know as somebody who's not much of a creator yet he didn't have somebody else to free himself open um there was randall you know randall was out there but he was mainly working with rj barrett last night so grimes was limited to three points uh, but he did play good defense Deuce McBride, um, three minutes, again with the early hook, I don't know, I don't know, he bricked an early shot, don't ask me, I don't know, three minutes, he bricked a shot, that's, that's warranting the benching, I suppose so, (laughs) don't miss shots. I don't understand it, but uh, quickly, let's move on. Quickly, 11 points, 3 for 10 shooting, 1 for 4 on threes, 1 assist, 22 minutes last night. Uh, I wasn't impressed with quickly. I didn't love his performance. I thought he forced a few unwarranted three-pointers, a few ugly shots on the drive um, into traffic. You know, he had some good moments in the second quarter to get the Knicks going and then hit a, you know, a key basket or two, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, but other than that, you know, he forced it offensively. He wasn't doing much as a playmaker either for this team. And that's why it's tough sometimes, man, right? Because the Knicks are in this spot right now where they're trying to go for it, right? The organization still wants to go for the playoffs. And you have to understand that because they are in the East like I said, which is wide open, they're an 18-20 and 20 team, so they're right there. But at the same time, you want to see them kind of make more of an attempt 
to develop a lead playmaker in Emmanuel Quickly and let him go through these struggles often. And so, you know, to give Emmanuel Quickly more point guard time so we can kind of learn and and grow. Or even, you know, someone like McBride to take that starting role when Kemba sits. Um, but I get it. It's hard to find that balance between going with what's best and going with, you know, trying to groom the kids. Um, defensively, Quickly's effort was there. I thought he played hard defense. You know, stayed in front of his man, but we really saw the size disadvantage out there. Um, Washington Jr. got the best of him. He had about he is about a good twenty to twenty five pounds on quickly when you look at it. Uh, moving on, Obi Toppin, just nine minutes. Uh, didn't play too great. We'll get to that later. Uh, the nine minutes part. Uh, hold on one sec. There we go. Move it up here. Here we go. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, eight points, eight boards, played 25 minutes off the bench last night. Uh, his conditioning continues to look improved, so that's that's a positive. You know, he did a nice job down the middle again last night, rim running, um, following up misses, creating second chances on the offensive glass. Um, did a nice job defensively, even without a, a block on his box score. He was disrupting the paint and forcing Indiana into some tough jump shots all night. You know, he took 48 shots outside the paint last night. Indiana did. Uh, That's 63% of their field goal attempts outside of the paint. Mitch had a big reason for that. So yeah, he was probably the the best Nick off the bench as Barrett and Randall led the team uh, amongst the starters. So we're going to head to uh, another break here. But when we get back, we'll finish some things off, wrap it up. Give my final thoughts on this game, and that'll be that. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is bd 4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code, 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog 
on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC799 a month. All right, so the Knicks win 104-94. Just going to give some final thoughts on what I, you know, what I, what we saw from the Knicks last night and uh, Thibodeau especially. I thought Thibodeau had a, you know, had a, had a he coached a well a well game. Um, the be, again the benching of Deuce McBride when neither Burks, Quickly or or Fournier had it was very 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 questionable, and he did that you know a couple of games ago too. Um, I don't know that that continues to be a problem. And then top in just nine minutes in this one, which I normally would have a problem with, but two things: one, he did run top in forty-five minutes in in Toronto, just the game before this, and I didn't think Obi was that good anyway. Um, you know. Other than that, it was a good game. You know, other than that, it was a pretty good coached game. It was a pretty good played game by the Knicks. Pretty well played. Well coached and well played. Um, There's a questionable challenge call in there too, but, you know, nothing really bothered me except for the fact that the Knicks let two bums cook them. You know, Sykes goes for 22, and that Washington Jr. goes for 17. Um, But that should tell the Knicks something. You know, that should tell you if, if if two bums can drop buckets like that, imagine what happens when talented players put forth that hard work and effort consistently on a game-to-game basis. Just saying. You know, I don't even need to name names. You know who I'm talking about. Um, but all in all, it was a good game. They let R.J. Barrett cook and get his burn. Uh, they let Randall was doing his thing. You know, and you know, we eventually cut Fournier's minutes, so... As bad as he was, he did get benched, rightly so. Um, but man, he needs to turn it. It's this guy. Thirty-eight games as a Nick, thirty-eight pretty bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him thirty-seven bad games because he had a great game against Boston, right? The Bing Bong game to open up the season. Speaking of Boston, we do have them next. Uh, that's tomorrow night on TNT. Um, Got to check the track record, but I feel like the Knicks always show up for those nationally televised games. But that's it, guys. I'm just tired of I'm just tired of uh, Fournier, um, and I hope to get this more consistently from Randall and from RJ. Um, it was a nice win. That's it. <laughs> I'm tired of everybody thinking this team is so great, and everybody on this team is so great, and everything's great. He's great. He's great. That guy's great. Okay, why are we 18 and 20? Why are we going nuts after a one-game win streak where Levert didn't play, Brogdon didn't play? You know, and I mean, just, just, we got to do a better job of taking it day by day. And, and I got to, I got to remember that myself too, because sometimes I overreact when we do bad things, when we lose games and take rough losses and stuff like that. But I, I just, you know, I'm not one of the, I'm, I'm done with the, the, you know, earlier in the season I was riding with the whole. You know, maybe this will be the one. You know, maybe this was a positive indicator from Randall. Maybe this, 
you know, we saw some good things from this guy, that guy, from Mitch. I'm done doing that. At this point, the only way I'm going to show some optimism is if I actually see it consistently. So hopefully this continues, um, but, you know, hopefully is, is an empty word. So <laughs> let's just see what happens. Let's have to break one last time. When we get back, we'll wrap it up with the NYY, NYK question of the day. Stay with us. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2. 841ERJC 682841ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it. All right, so once again, guys, if you have not yet subscribed to this show, be sure to do that right now. You can find BD4 on many platforms to listen to, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, many other listening platforms as well. And if you want to watch this podcast, the video format of BD4 is up on YouTube. So full episodes are also on YouTube as well as the many listening platforms I just mentioned. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed or followed me rather on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. So let's get to this episode's NYY, NYK question of the day to wrap this thing up. This time around for episode 300... I want you guys to name two Knicks. There shouldn't be a question mark at the end of that if you're watching the pod. (laughs) Uh, Name two Knicks who made the recent NBA 75th anniversary team this season. Name two Knicks who made the recent NBA 75th anniversary team this season. Um, Obviously, neither of of those players you're going to name are current Knicks. So I guess that's your little hint. They're not currently on the Knicks, although that's not shocking. Um, but yeah, there's your question for episode 300. Name two Knicks who made the recent NBA 75th anniversary team this season. And uh, let me know via Instagram or Facebook, you know, in my DMs or in the comments section once I publish you know, one of the little promo clips to this podcast. Just comment and let me know the answer. Guys, that's it. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it, as always. Um, next episode should be out 
um, Thursday after the Knicks play the Boston Celtics on TNT, where we're probably going to hear Reggie Miller um, continue to, to talk down on them subtly, as he always does when we're on TNT. Um, maybe we won't get Reggie. Maybe we'll finally get something else, uh, somebody else. But um, I do like listening to Reggie, to be honest with you. I, I really do. I'm a fan of, of him as a commentator when he's not commentating Knicks games. I just can't do it because I, when, when it's the Knicks and he's commentating on them, it's hard for me to put my hate aside, and he's so biased against them. It's annoying. Um, but I honestly like all of TNT. I love the halftime shows and the post-game shows with the guys in the studio, Shaq, Ernie, Chuck, and, and uh, Kenny. It's great. Uh, but uh, sometimes Reggie Miller, when I watch these Knicks games on TNT, it's just blatantly obvious. You might as well say on air you hate the Knicks um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That's it. I'll talk to you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.